This is Cruise Radio. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Cruise Radio. Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Welcome to this week's bonus episode of Cruise Radio. Bonus episode because I screwed up big time. And uh, I'm going to own it. I'm not going to try to go in and change the file or anything like that. So... Over the years, I've never done this before in 400 plus episodes, 470, I think, uh, I aired the same episode or the same interview, the same ship review twice. And uh, thank you, Joe, for calling me out and everyone else behind Joe that said, hey, yo, Doug, what's up? I will tell you, it was unintentional, a total accident. Um, I organized my ship interviews by cruise line, and I had three in the bucket for Disney Magic. And I dragged and dropped the wrong ones. And uh, so you heard one I aired last year. So I, I apologize. So I'll give you another interview out of it because uh, I totally screwed up. And again, I do apologize. So uh, MSCC side, the critically reviewed MSCC side, if you look at the reviews online, and I know we don't like to look at the reviews online, but it, the reviews are garbage. I'm not saying it's garbage. I've never sailed on it. I'm actually personally waiting for the fares to drop a little bit more before I go on it. But if you have sailed on it, uh, you're my eyes and ears. So uh, shoot me an email, Doug at Cruise Radio. Radio.net. We'd love to air your experience on Seaside. Um, I can only hope they're getting better. Uh, so Adam, him and his wife just got back from it, and Adam joins us on the line. Hey, Adam. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. Excited to talk about this uh, MSC Seaside because it certainly has been getting mixed reviews. Um, so before we get to the ship itself, what were your pre-cruise thoughts? What made you want to sail MSC Seaside? kind of had high expectations. Um, our only other two experiences were with Carnival, uh, Carnival, excuse me. We like Carnival. We don't have a problem with them. I know some people, you know, have mixed opinions of them, but we thought that MSC might be a little more of a um, classier type of experience. And um, we were actually booked on a different cruise. Some different things led to us canceling that trip, and we discovered Amy Donahoe with the uh, Sea Cruisers YouTube channel, and ended up booking with her for this uh, seaside group cruise that she put together. So you make your way to Port Miami. How was your embarkation? Uh, embarkation was pretty smooth. We were obviously with a group, and we kind of decided together to uh, to try and arrive there first thing in the morning. Uh, each of us had different suggested arrival times, but we found out that that was more, you know, pretty much just a suggestion. They don't require that you wait until your arrival time. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to get there at 2 p.m. We ended up getting there at about 9.30, 9.45 a.m. and uh, ended up being in the first group to board. What time did they let the first group of people on the ship? I don't recall, but I think it was about 10.30 or 11 o'clock. It may have been a little bit later than that. So you make your way on MSC Seaside, this being your first non-carnival ship. And the ship, I mean, MSC Seaside looks gorgeous. What were your first impressions of it? Uh, It's very, very, it's just absolutely gorgeous, to be honest with you. Um, The, uh, when you walk in, you know, you walk in on deck five of the atrium, and uh, I believe the atrium goes all the way up to deck, let's see, five, six, seven, eight, yeah, four decks high, all the way up to deck eight. And uh, you've got the, you know, the famous Swarovski crystal staircases, and there's just polished chrome everywhere, um, and, and it's, it's just beautiful. Um, the ship's designed after a Miami theme. Mm-hmm. So the uh, aft of the ship is kind of unique looking, at least to me, uh, and it's designed to look like the high-rise condos in Miami, you know? Mm-hmm. Everything on the ship is named kind of after a Miami theme from, you've got the Biscayne Bay Buffet and the South Beach Pool, and, and so the Miami theme just kind of runs throughout the ship. I know some people have complained about a, a smell when you board, 
And uh, we did experience that as well. As soon as we walked in, other than the, the beauty of the ship, that was kind of the first thing that, that hit us. And this was the third ever sailing out of Miami. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something we were expecting. And, and some people thought it smelled kind of like formaldehyde. Some others thought it smelled like sewage. But um, I only really experienced it there on the lowest level of the atrium. Huh. The ship holds over 5,000 people. How How was it navigating the ship? It was really simple. You know, we've sailed on the Carnival Fascination and the Carnival Victory, obviously much smaller ships. Mm-hmm. It felt like when we were, you know, when we had a destination in mind, it didn't seem like it took very long to get to that destination, even though with this ship being, you know, I think the victory is what like 2700 passengers and mm-hmm. this is 5100 it was really easy to navigate the ship it felt like a small ship as far as the layout so it was easy to get around the ship best i could tell there was only one deck where you had to do the uh you know up a level or down a level to navigate from front to back you know the thing mm-hmm. people kind of complain about on the ships yeah deck 16 appeared to be the only one that had that so Gotcha. It was pretty easy. What kind of stateroom did you book on Seaside, and what did you think of it? We were an interior uh, cabin, and uh, we kind of thought it was a bit small. The common area or the bedroom part was was good enough, you know, no problems there. But uh, the, the lack of space was most notable in the bathroom and the closet. Both our other, you know, trips being on carnival ships, it seemed like the rooms are a little bit larger, especially in the bathroom and the closet. And uh, we're definitely not overpackers. My wife and I only took one suitcase each. Mm-hmm. And uh, we barely had enough room to make everything fit, and there weren't enough hangers. So I definitely suggest bringing extra hangers. The bathroom, like I said, was a bit small. It was uh, a tight, uh, tight to get into the uh, um, shower, the, mm-hmm. the glass door shower. Uh, you kind of had to sit like at a 20-degree angle to get onto the commode. That was kind of frustrating, but it wasn't enough to make me want to... Um, not go again just for that reason, but it, it was kind of it was a little small. And, but the beds were comfortable, and um, the pillows were comfortable. It was kind of weird, though. One thing was it didn't have a top sheet on the bed. It only had the fitted sheet and the blanket, and I don't know if that's normal, but apparently that's a European thing, I don't know, being an Italian ship. The power outlets and the USB, how are those? Because that's always that's been a big conversation on cruise ships lately. They had plenty of power outlets and USB outlets at the desk. But at the bed, there on one side there was only a single USB and no uh, no power outlets. Gotcha. So you know I use a uh, BiPAP sleep machine at night, and so I had to bring a uh, small extension cord. Uh, but I, I kind of expected that. It was the same way on the Victory uh, when we were on there in September. So I, I kind of packed accordingly. And with the this, of course, they have one of the the green staterooms where you have to put the key card in. But a lot of cruise ships, you can just put a business card or something in there. But with this ship, I understand you have to have your room key for it to activate the lights in the room. Yeah, it has to be your actual chipped room key uh, for it to activate the lights. But it's not just the lights. It's also the power outlets. So you can't leave something charging while you're gone. It's a little frustrating. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, let's switch gears here and uh, talk about dining. So let's start in the buffet area. What do you think of the buffet food? Um, I thought the buffet was pretty good. Um, We ate there for uh, breakfast pretty much every day. We ate there for lunch one day. There are two buffets on Deck 8. You have the Marketplace Buffet and Deck 16. You have the Biscayne Bay Buffet. We tended towards the marketplace buffet, although it is the larger buffet. Um, and it's pretty much always a madhouse, people everywhere. Although I, I guess that's sort of normal, but um, the, the good thing was the the staff didn't seem to have any trouble keeping up with the demand. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought the food was 
fair to above average, but it did seem under-seasoned pretty frequently. And not everybody in my group agreed with me. Uh, some of them thought the food was was not good. So I thought it was, was fair. Okay. Um, as far as the main dining room, what time dining did you have? We had early dining, and uh, with our group, uh, Amy had put together, um, for those who wanted to, to join the group for dinner, uh, had them put together three tables. So we had three, uh, two, a large, I think a 15 person table and two, uh, 10 or 12 person tables. And, um, so we had early dining and we were in the uh, seashore restaurant on deck five. Um, there's also the I, I Panama, um, on deck six. And then they also convert the marketplace buffet into a dining, uh, dining room in the evening with tablecloths and servers and everything. Would it any memorable dishes for you? Yeah, we ate at the, uh, the, the seashore restaurant, the main dining room, uh, every night uh, for dinner. We, you know, we were with the group, so we wanted to enjoy everybody's company. The dishes that stuck out to me, on the first night, we, uh, there was a rack of lamb. It was served more like lamb chops, but it was very good. There was a really good lemon delight cake on Italian night. On the last night, there was a smoked swordfish appetizer. And then probably the dish that the group collectively thought was the best dish of the whole cruise. On night three or four, they had an Arancini uh, appetizer, which is basically a a fried risotto ball. And uh, it was great. Everybody enjoyed it. With uh, MSC, they have it where you, they have like, what is it? The Bella Fantastica Aurora one other one, I think. I can't remember the top of my head. Um, uh, Yacht Club. Yeah. yeah, Yacht Club. How how does that vary? Like, which one did you book? We were a Fantastica package. Okay. Uh, Bella is kind of the uh, the low end, pretty much. You're on the ship and, you know, everything that, that's included with, you know, just being on the ship, meals and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Fantastica gets you a couple of things, but most notably priority dining and 12 uh, drink vouchers per person in the room. So we had, uh, between my wife and myself, 24 uh, drink vouchers, which for us, I don't drink alcohol, and she's kind of just a social drinker. Mm-hmm. So it was plenty for us. We didn't feel the need to do a, a, a an actual drink package. And then the Aurora uh, basically gives you uh, an actual drink package as well as access to the thermal spa throughout the cruise and two uh, massages for the you know uh, one for two people in the cabin and uh, then the yacht club basically has everything the Aurora package has plus special areas of the ship and uh, they think they all have their own specialty restaurant and and special pool and bar and everything. One thing I don't get with the Bella package is the lowest package, right? Yes. Okay, so with the Bella package, you don't actually get to sit in the main dining room. If I'm reading this correctly, you are sitting in the Lido deck area that transforms into a main dining room at night. I didn't experience that myself personally, but I did hear basically what you're saying okay. from uh, another passenger, pretty much uh, word for word. Yeah. I did actually, before dinner, uh, we were walking around one night and the uh, the buffet on deck eight, the, the marketplace restaurant, um, does have this amazing... Um, boardwalk, if you will, around the outside uh, where there's plenty of extra seating outside for lunch and breakfast and whatnot. And, and so walking around that, we could actually look in and we saw them preparing uh, that buffet area for dinner one night. And yeah, they had tablecloths and huh. all that kind of stuff. So it looked really nice, but it did seem, when I, when I found out that the folks with the Bella package were kind of relinquished to dining there and didn't go to the main dining room, that was kind of, uh, seemed a little... Like a class thing. 
Yeah, yeah. very much. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So there are, there's a handful of specialty rush. Actually, before we get to the specialty, um, for the food overall, did you like it in the main dining room? Um, I did. Uh, one thing that I learned um, on my first Carnival Cruise and, and really put it into effect on my second one was to, you know, if I felt like there was multiple things I wanted to try, to always order, you know, two appetizers. So there was always something that I liked uh, each night, but I didn't enjoy everything that came. And there were definitely people in the group who didn't uh, enjoy uh, the food as much as I did, but but I thought it was pretty good. Okay, cool. And uh, as far as service, how was the service here as far as table service, the drink service, filling your water up? It was pretty good. Once again, the class thing rears its head. I had um, the third night... I figured out what was going on. Apparently, if you have a drink package, you get served the imported bottled water from Tuscany. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an Italian company, an Italian ship, whatever, and so they bring their water in from Italy. And if you don't have a drink package, they serve you, you know, water from a craft tap water. And the tap water was fine. Um, there was no bad taste to it, but it was just one of those things that kind of stuck out as you're, you're kind of being treated second class. As far as the service itself, you know, they were smiling and, and, and very accommodating. Uh, we had one uh, lady in our group that was gluten-free, and she said that it was some of the best gluten-free food she had ever had. The bread, she said, was amazing, the gluten-free bread. So uh, if you are gluten-free, it, it's probably a, a good one to consider. Um, but yeah, I think we had a good experience overall. With the specialty restaurant, you went to the Butcher's Cut, which is what, the steakhouse, obviously? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and yeah. I, how was that? It was really good. Um, you know, obviously it's an upcharge like specialty restaurants are. We had the 38-ounce dry-aged tomahawk for two, as they call it. It's basically a ribeye uh, with the bone in, but the bone is like 18 to 20 inches long. It's the entire rib bone, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they serve it up on a, on a butcher block, and they have all the um, pickled onions and roasted tomatoes and all these uh, great things that come with it. And it was really good. It, it wasn't the best steak I ever had, but it was definitely in the top five. So it was really good. What did the two of you spend there? At the, I'm just curious at the steakhouse. I think that steak alone is like 90 bucks. Whoa. Um, but, you know, we went to uh, New York for Christmas last year. Not, mm-hmm. not uh, In 2016, we went for Christmas and we ate at, God, I can't remember his name now. Anyway, the, the steak there was $100. So, okay. you know, it, it wasn't out of the ordinary for, for a specialty kind of a steak. Okay. A run-of-the-mill steak, $90 is a lot. But anyway, I think the total bill is like 110 or 115 or something like that. How about the pizza? How was that on board? A lot of, a lot of compliments on the pizza there. I thought the pizza was really good. A couple people in the group thought it was uh, just kind of average, but mm-hmm. I, I thought it was really good. I think overall people enjoyed it. That was the one thing that you could kind of see them. You know, they kind of have a window where you can see them. They're constantly making pizza, constantly making the uh, pastries and stuff. And probably the most consistently good thing on the ship was the pizza and or really the, the pastries because they're constantly making the crescent rolls and different pastries that they have for breakfast and and on the buffet all the time so it was really good and then the other thing that um before we get out of dining we went to breakfast in the buffet most every morning but then on the very last morning as a group we all decided to go to the main dining room for breakfast and i gotta say if i were to go again i would do the main dining room for breakfast every day because it was much better than dealing with the crowd the room the food seemed a little better um a little better seasoned and uh-huh. a little fresher. 
um, but just generally just not having to fight the crowd and having the food come to you instead of you going to the food. It was definitely worth it to go to the main dining room for breakfast. And did you do any room service? We did room service. One night my wife was feeling a little sick, so she ordered room service, and uh, it was pretty good. We also did room service uh, for breakfast one morning before an excursion. And um, overall, it was pretty good. The, the portions were a little small. Some people were complaining. I guess if you want room service breakfast, sometimes you want it pretty early, and I don't think they deliver before like 7 a.m., mm-hmm. so that seems a little late for uh, room service breakfast. Yeah. But um, it was good. Oh, uh, one other thing about the specialty dining we were able to, all the four of the main specialty dining restaurants are all right next to each other. And I got to say, the most beautifully decorated one was the Ocean K Seafood Restaurant. They have these amazing uh, mosaic tiled walls that are, that are just beautiful. So um, I just thought it was noteworthy to mention that. Cool. Uh, what do you think of the entertainment on board? It was definitely different than Carnival, and, and some of that's better, some of it's worse. Uh, I think the best part of the entertainment for us uh, was they had an improv group on board called the Beer Prov, mm-hmm. and they perform uh, six of the seven nights on the cruise at 11.30 in the main theater. And it's different every night. They get the crowd involved. Really funny, really good group. Um, I would definitely recommend uh, going to it. We um, we didn't discover it until a couple nights in, my wife and I, but some of the group you know, were telling us how good it was. So we went, and uh, you know, after going once, we, we hit it up the rest of the cruise. Um, the theatrical performances, we saw, uh, three of them. Uh, there's a different one every night in the main theater. Uh, we saw one called the wizard. Uh, we saw Peter punk. Those were both really good. The wizard was amazing. They had acrobatics and magic tricks and, and, uh, and it was really good. Um, but then we also saw one called uh, butterfly and it was much more like an opera and, we didn't enjoy it at all. And I think they were saying that um, some of the shows we missed tended to be more like an opera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's just not to my taste. Yeah. You know, uh, that's all. I, yeah. I don't want to say it was bad. It's just not to my liking. Yeah, I hear you. Now, with these shows, I mean, like on some Royal Caribbean ships and some Norwegian ships, you have to make reservations. Is it the same on Seaside? Yeah, they show each uh, each performance three times a night, so it makes it a little easier for you to fit into your schedule. And reservations are required up until five minutes before the show. So uh, after you know, when it's five minutes left till uh, show time, they'll actually just the, the people that are um, scanning to make sure you've got your tickets are uh, what do you say that they, they, they'll leave. Um, where you can just walk in. Yeah. So, um, but the reservations are easy to make. You can do it from your TV in your cabin. They've got touch screens all over the ship to help you with navigation and stuff, but you can also make reservations from those. And then they have the smartphone app, which works um, really well, I thought. And you can make reservations for uh, the specialty restaurants or the uh, theater shows from the app. So. Okay. Now, uh, did you spend any time in the casino? I did. Um, I was a little disappointed by it. It was basically roulette and craps. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did have blackjack, but there was no poker tables. Or I'm sorry, I said craps. It, it was um, roulette and slots. They okay. had no craps and no poker tables. Um, they had three roulette tables. I feel like they could have uh, taken one of those out and had either poker or craps and, and been a little more diverse with uh, with their offerings. But uh, I think maybe that leans more towards than being an Italian company. I think roulette may be more of a popular game in, in Europe. Yeah, gotcha. 
um, as far as sea days. This was a uh, this is Western Caribbean, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was going to be Eastern Caribbean, but then Irma kind of diverted us. So. Right. So you did you did uh, Nassau, Ocho Rios, Grand Cayman, and Costa Maya. Um, between your port days, how were the days at sea as far as crowds and congestion on board? Uh, you know, once again, I really feel that the ship was very well designed um, mm-hmm. as far as the layout. It was easy to get around. Um, there are three pools. I think the Yacht Club has – I don't know if they have their own pool. I think they have their own hot tubs, but there are three other pools. You've got the Jungle Pool, which is a uh, retractable roof. You've got the Miami Beach Pool, which is on the uh, main deck on 16. And then on deck 7 aft, there's the Miami – or the South Beach Pool which is uh, 16 plus only. And um, the three pools made it where you could easily find one where you could get some room to to swim or or lounge without feeling overcrowded. Okay. And as far as like the restaurants, were those pretty um, easily accessible during sea days? The buffet was a little busy on the first uh, sea day. Um, The the last day on the ship, the the last sea day, we actually is when we did the, um, the steakhouse. We didn't have to deal with that then, but but yeah, it was the buffet is always busy. It seems like so. I can't say that that was because yeah, of the sea day. That's anywhere. Um, cool. Well, the port you hit. Uh, go ahead and just like we'll run them down and give me the port you hit and the highlight from each port, if you would. In Nassau, we were we kind of did something that I kind of hate when 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 I hear people people poo poo Nassau and say they stay on the ship. Uh huh. Because we were uh, having our itinerary changed and we had to have an extra or one of our sea days taken away, we because we were originally going to have three sea days, we uh, we stayed on the ship. We did the spa and it was amazing. We had a great time in the spa. It was very well worth it. Okay, so you did a spa day in Nassau, then you went to Ocho Rios. How was that? Ocho Rios was pretty cool. We did a, uh, a, a Participated in a group tour that Amy had put together. It included a horseback adventure for those non-equestrian type uh, people. Uh, we actually did the uh, beach day for about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, then we went on to uh, the Blue Hole, they call it. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if you're familiar with that or not, but yeah, we did that. There had been some rain, so it was more like the Brown Hole, <laughs> but um, but it was it was exhilarating. Pretty much the whole group did the uh, made the plunge. Nice. And then uh, we followed up with lunch at Scotchy's. I don't know if that's a oh, jerk chicken. famous place or not, but yeah. yeah. yeah some, uh, jerk chicken and roast pork and stuff. Yeah. That place is awesome. And then uh, next stop was Grand Cayman. What'd you do? Grand Cayman, we were supposed to do the Stingray tour, mm-hmm. and we ended up um, not being able to do that because of high wind. Um, our tour guide, Mark, with Moby Dick Tours, turned us on to a place called Hemingway's. I don't, mm-hmm. Have you heard of that I before? have, yeah. So you know. It, but it was, it was really good. I guess it was an old Hilton Grand, uh, Grand Cayman Beach Resort mm-hmm. uh, that they've turned into a restaurant and bar. It, it was just amazing. We would go back just to go to that place. Free use of the beach chairs and beach. Free use of the pools and hot tub and free Wi-Fi. The staff were great. The food and drinks were great. Not overpriced. Just a really great experience. And then Costa Maya, what'd you do? In Costa Maya, Amy had put together a uh, snorkeling adventure for the group. It's pretty good. I got to say, I, I had a overall, I liked the snorkeling better in Cozumel in September, but I was able to get some really good footage this time in Costa Maya of uh, some sea turtles up close. So that was pretty cool. Um, afterwards, we spent uh, a few hours lounging in, on the beach in front of a restaurant. 
I don't remember the name of it. The food was good. Um, the only problem we really had was when it came time to pay the bill, they tried to give us a, um, a, a pretty terrible exchange rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I had taken the time beforehand to download a, uh, a currency converter app. Yeah. And I knew that the pesos of the dollar were about 20 to one. So mm-hmm. $5 was a hundred pesos roughly. And they were trying to give us 12 to one, oh, but we complained they made it right. But you know, if it wasn't for being with a large group, I don't know if they would have been so accommodating. Yeah. One thing about Costa Maya though, hot salsa down there. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, uh, what they call salsa, <laughs> I would call hot sauce. Yes, Exactly. Yeah, I, I was there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, yeah, that stuff will light you up if you're not careful and not expecting it. Yeah, I, the guy brought it out, and then I stuck a whole chip in there. He's like, "No, hold on, man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got a kick. Um, so let's talk about disembarkation. You get back on the ship, you make your way back to Port Miami. How was your debark process? Disembarkation was no problem, really. I got up. We had packed the night before. I got up and ran to the buffet and brought some food back to the room so we could eat while we were getting ready. Uh, we did self-checkout. Um, they want you out of the room by 7.30. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, I, I don't know what time they get you off if you're not doing self-checkout. But um, I guess you got to go to the public areas or whatever. But, yeah, we had to be off by out of the room by 7.30. Went downstairs to deck five, which is where you get on and off the ship if you're in uh, in Miami, at least. Waited in like a 10 or 15-minute line. We were on the curb. 25 minutes after leaving the room, so it was no problem. Last time I was in Miami, you didn't have to fill the blue form out or anything. Is it still the same? Yeah, no, we just walked up, you know, waited through the queuing line and then and walked up to the guy. He took our passports, looked to make sure, you know, we looked like our picture. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, pretty much just passed us through. I, see, he asked us a question, like, I don't even remember what he asked us, but it was like one question, no big deal, passed us right through. So. Yeah, that's a... I think whenever I got off my last ship, they were like, where do you live? And how many people are you traveling with? And what do you do for a living? All right, yeah, you're good to go. Yeah, didn't get that detail this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, looking back on this sailing, do you have any tips to offer people considering sailing or who are sailing MSC Seaside? Yeah, definitely download the MSC for Me app. Like I said before, you can book your theater shows, especially dining. You can view most of the activities that are going on around the ship. Uh, the app needs a little bit of work. It doesn't have everything that's listed on the daily planner, but it's got, you know, like 80 or 85% of it. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, it's good. And then the other tip I would say is um, if you're looking for a vacant hot tub, they have some on deck eight forward outside the gym that seem to always be available. So, Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of your cruise? Uh, it was definitely the people in our group. Far and away, that was the best part of the, the trip. There were varying levels of satisfaction with uh, the cruise ship itself and MSC in general amongst our group, but um, everyone seemed to really get along. It it was amazing to see that uh, such a diverse group of strangers can come together, you know, essentially off of just watching a YouTube video, and everybody from different walks of life uh, can get together and meld uh, so well together. Before we get to final thoughts, I want to ask you, your previous sailings have been with Carnival, who's pretty much uh, American as apple pie. You take MSC, who's trying to break into the North American market really, really badly. Um, would you reckon, like, What would you say MSC needs to do to reach that North American audience and to make them happy? Yeah, um, you know, I, I was one of the reasons I was kind of excited to go on this was they're, they've got an ad campaign, you know, and 
everything in their their ad looks amazing, makes the, the ships look great, and, and you're going to have a great time. And then they have um, really attractive pricing. I mean, they're doing like buy one, get one pretty much uh, promotion. I don't know if that's ever going to run out or after they build up steam, maybe they'll cut that back. But um, you can go for like 500 bucks a person for a week, and, and that's amazing pricing. And then they've got their loyalty match program. So they will actually match your loyalty level from another cruise line. Mm-hmm. And um, all of that kind of had me excited. But, yeah, I, I think – if they can make it to where you don't feel like you're in the movie Titanic uh-huh. with some of those experiences that make you feel like you're kind of second class, um, they, they can definitely um, get some more American customers. It almost feels like they built this ship specially for the American market. Mm-hmm. They styled it after the Miami you know, experience. They are doing all these things, the loyalty match, the great pricing, the advertising campaign. They want American customers but it feels more like the ship has been done to attract their European clientele to American experience than, you know, more so than, than trying to actually get American customers. I think if they can dial back a little bit of the Italian experience, pick up some of the things that Carnival and Royal Caribbean are doing, I think they can probably succeed. Yeah. They've had that issue since they've been here. And I I was kind of hoping like, you know, with the new ship is a, it was a chance to really splash into the North American market, really shining. But it looks like we still have a little bit of improvement to do. So uh, very I cool. Would, Go ahead. I was going to say, I would say that we were, as far as the, the diversity of the crowd, I think it was probably different opinions. We don't know anything concrete, but it seemed like it was probably half Europeans or more yeah. to, to Americans. So there was a lot of... You know, you could hear French and Italian and Russian and, and a lot of different languages being spoken throughout the ship. It was very evident to me in the casino at night. The uh, Europeans seemed to spend a lot of money in the casino. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, it was a, definitely a diverse crowd, and it, that was nice. But, um, you know, it, it's apparent that they're not just trying to get the American crowd. Yeah, I mean, whoever will spend money, right? Right. Yeah, pretty much. Well, uh, in closing, final thoughts of MSCC side. Um, overall, I, I think it was a, a, a positive experience for the most part. Like I said, we really uh, enjoyed the uh, the group we were with. They have some issues with their website a little bit. Their customer service and phone support is a little bit uh, you know problematic sometimes. But those are really things more on the corporate side than yeah. the ship itself. I think overall, you can't beat the price. The seaside is a well laid out, beautiful, and amazing ship. You know, I, I just I think we had a good time overall. Awesome. Thank you, Adam. Have a good one, buddy. Yeah, you too. All right, there you have it. Your uh, MSC Seaside review from an objective paying passenger. If you want to share your review, as I always said, with that ship or any ship you're on, give us a call or not a call. <laughs> it's not a whatever. Email me, Doug at cruiseradio.net. D O U G at cruiseradio.net. And I'll talk to you Thursday. Thanks again for being here and putting up with me. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.